Welcome back to Studio 919 after arguably one of the most disappointing month-long stretches on the road for the Texas Longhorns. Off the Bench podcast returns. I'm Luke Hendry alongside Robert Larkin, and there is more than enough to talk about regarding the Texas Longhorn football team. Came off of a arguably a huge win, you know, for Texas. Two and three going into the game last night against Iowa State. They were back at DKR, and even though there was some slow starts in that first half and what many fans, including myself and anybody in those stands, thought this might be a half where you, you, you just want to walk away and leave. Down 6-3 going into the second half, it seems like things did turn around a little bit, but disappointing things nonetheless to still talk to you about because at the end of the day, a win over Iowa State is – Nothing to write home about. They did cover the spread. 27-6 was the final score. Texas moves to 3-3 three and three on the season. 1-2 in Big 12 play and only allowed, uh, you know, th- six points. So defensive-wise, there was some improvement, but still lots of room to grow for a Texas Longhorn team that at the beginning of the season looked like, you know, it was going to be a heroic year. Obviously not shaping up that way. Charlie Strong fighting each and every game for his job. Larkin, take me through what your thoughts are up to this point in the season and, more importantly, how this team moves forward after their win against Iowa State. Coming off what Luke said at the beginning of the podcast, I'd also like to formally apologize for our month-long hiatus. Uh, on a mixture of school and a hurricane storm of a football season collided where we didn't have time to uh, summarize our thoughts and we genuinely feel bad and we're going to try to come back with a bang, this pod. Um, so let me summarize where we where I've been. I'm to be fair and transparent here. I don't believe Charlie Strong's the right guy to get us uh, to get the Longhorns to uh, the next step as a football program. But I digress for now. But those are my me being transparent to start off this podcast. I think that last night there's a lot of things to write. There were not a lot of things to write home about, but nonetheless, I think. The Texas defense played its most complete game of the year so far. And, look, this Iowa State offense is no nothing to write home about. I mean, let's face it, it's probably the second worst one they will face other than Kansas in this last stretch of games. But it's it's a formidable offense. I mean, you can't dismiss the fact that they have one of the best running backs in the Big 12, Mike Horn, and they have a competent uh, pass attack that like, really likes to challenge the ball or challenge the defense vertically. And... I mean, if you look back at this game, you have to realize Oklahoma State gave up 31, and Baylor also gave up 42 to this Iowa State team. So, granted, this team is not going to wow you, and they're probably hell. They're not even going to go to a bowl, but still, good takeaways here because I saw a lot of things I really liked in this team. Um, I think what disappointed me the most was penalties, and what seemed like there was only 100, 108 yards of penalty. And penalty yards last night against the Longhorns, but Jesus Christ, they came at horrible, horrible times in the games. Third long situations, first down and tens. It just sound signs of an undisciplined football team, and that's the worst part about uh, what I saw last night. I mean, this just has all the signs of a team that's not coached very well. Uh, I like the improvement Strong made. There's a lot of uh, what I saw for the first time since Strong has took, taken over is the defense now wearing armbands. Every single player on the defense is wearing a wristband now to help some communication issues that have really struck the team. Deep, a secondary played its most complete game of the season. Um, 
one more thought about the secondary is that who would have thought before a season that John Bonney and Chris Boyd would have been the starting corners? It just shows the regression that the steps that have been taken by Devontae Davis and Hollywood Hill. Um, and on that note also, Devontae Davis needs a mental check. That guy, he came in the end of last night's game and really they took him out because he was, not, he was loafing around. And I get you're mad that you got benched, but you've been benched for good reason, one. And two, the last thing you need is to loaf out there after being benched. I mean, there's a lot of things I had a problem with on the field last night, but we'll discuss that. Uh, I think there's good takeaways. Defense played well. Awesome. Anemic first half effort uh, on offense was helped by the fact that Gilbert went back to uh, challenging the Iowa State secondary after they were loading the box for most of the first half. So I think those are good uh, good adjustments being made. But uh, all in all, not too much to take away. Texas has a lot to prove in a difficult, difficult six-game stretch here in the Big 12 season. I mean, before I start talking about this offense or defense or – you know, any specific position, I have to address the penalties that you did just a moment ago. That is something that comes down to the coaching staff 110% of the time. And it's one thing to go out there and play a hard-fought game and come out with a victory or come out with a loss, but it's another thing to go out there and play a hard-fought game and then just shoot yourself in the foot with stupid penalties. I mean, on offense, it seemed like every time our offense had a penalty, it almost ended the drive. It just killed the momentum. It set us back, and the drive was essentially over. On the defensive side of the ball, I can't, you know, explain my frustration when I watch a team go out there that's supposed to have this some sort of discipline-oriented coach, a guy who prides himself on discipline, and yet in the fourth quarter we get two unsportsmanlike conduct penalties. Those are the kind of things that if we're playing a better team, a.k.a. West Virginia, Texas Tech, Baylor, K-State that they have next week, any of those teams are going to take more advantage of those stupid penalties down the stretch. And those are something that leans on the coaching staff. You cannot have players acting like they win a national championship after a simple tackle after a five-yard gain or after a stop on third down. I completely agree Players have to get pumped up. They have to be excited. But, you know, pump your players up, take it to the sideline, and get, you know, do what you need to do. But to go out there and, you know, just blatantly act stupid, in my opinion, uh, not going to mention any names, but there was two players on that defensive side that I think, even though they are strong players for the team, that's where Charlie Strong needs to say, all right, y'all guys need to sit, sit, sit out a few plays because those are the kind of things that you don't see – with Alabama's, you don't see with Michigan's, you don't see with Ohio State's because they act like they've been there before. And if Texas wants to, have, you know, be a team that's uh, elite again, they have to start there. And I think that's one of the big things that I write at home about last night. On the offensive side of the ball, there's no doubt that the the first half was slow, only putting up three points. But what proves to me is Sterling Gilbert is is a good coach because after every single possession. In that second half, Shane Bouchelle would walk down to the other side of the field where the play was not happening, and he would sit down, and I saw that he was having some strong communication between him and Coach Gilbert. And I think that's huge for a young quarterback to be able to, you know, shake off a, a frustrating first half and take, you know, what his coach had to say at halftime and then on on and on throughout the second half and put up some good numbers and end up closing out the game with 27 points. 296 yards that's what you want to see out of a quarterback and out of an offense defensively 
they're still struggling. And, uh, you know, there's no doubt that, you know, six points was only allowed. That's definitely the best completed game by our defense or Texas's defense this whole season. But there's definitely some things that have to improve, and there's no doubt that they're taking the right steps to get there. But, uh, I mean, it's just – I think there's, in my opinion, for lack of a better way to say it, coaching changes have to be made. I think the problem was with the first half, on, I'll start with the offense. I'll now have to decide Gilbert really wanted to force the, the running back uh, – uh, the running game on the Iowa State defense, one of the worst Big 12 uh, rush defenses. And, I mean, that's not all – it's not dumb game plan, but it, it just wasn't there in the first half of the taking – and there's a lot of times when that passing game looked to be opening up and he went back to the run over and over again. And there's some questionable play calls, notably a draw in third and eight. Um, just some, some those wide receiver screens where they throw it out wide really fast. Hasn't been really working, hadn't been working, and I think that's a problem that I saw. But I like how Sterling Gilbert realized what he what the defense was giving him and he challenged the Iowa State defense vertically with some athletes with some athletes like Dorian Leonard and uh, Devin DuVernay, who are clearly just more talented playmakers than Iowa State had in the back seven. So I think that was a good call by Gilbert, and I'm glad he really wrote that out in the second half. Uh, defensively, look, look, I agree. Um, there's some, there's way, a lot of progress needs to be made from where we were the beginning of the season, and it's not going to take two weeks. Isn't going to make that much of a difference. But I think Horn fans have a lot of – there's a reason to be confident, or not confident, but maybe um, – a little satisfied with the progression that was made this week. The, horn, the Horns recorded eight sacks and 14 tackles for loss yesterday, and those are outstanding numbers for a defense that have really been struggling the last two weeks. And I don't care who it's against. It would have been against UTEP or anyone else. But that's, those are great numbers. We didn't, see, <coughs> we didn't see that type of performance against UTEP. And so I think that's good. I'm not saying Charlie Strong has ride the ship or anything, but there's that's encouraging, I think, for a lot of people out there. My problem is next week, uh, Texas travels up to Manhattan, a place they've notoriously never played well. And it's going to take a lot of courage, a lot of heart to go up there and win that game next week. And we'll see how that goes. But I'm of the belief, I mean, I'll let, we'll give you our predictions at the end of this podcast, but I'm of the belief that Texas has the talent on both sides of the ball in a weak Big 12 conference to win out the rest of its games. I don't know if it has the coaching, the discipline, or uh, maybe the courage or heart to do it, but... We'll the talent's that. there. The talent's there, there, no doubt. And just pointing out some numbers just to give uh, a sense to some listeners about what we saw defensively improve on is against Oklahoma, it, our Texas Longhorn defense set the record for the most yards ever given up in that rivalry. They gave up 672 yards and just were atrocious from start to finish. Last night against Iowa State, they held them to only 280 yards. It was a completely different defense out on that field. I just think those disciplinary, you know, penalties are, are, are something that is the next thing. You know, we've definitely seen some changes in personnel on the field. We've seen some better um, communication between the players during defensive possessions. Now I think it's just about getting to some of those young players, getting in their head and saying, hey, let's act like we've been there before. Let's act like we've had sacks before. Let's like Let's act like we – have been a good defense all year long. And I think if they continue to do that, as you mentioned, there's a lot of season remaining. Three and three is not a horrible spot to be in. And in a weak Big 12 conference, as you mentioned, Coach Charlie Strong is 
without a doubt, no way going to write himself off. And many of Texas Longhorn alumni and fans aren't going to write him off just yet because I think if he is able to win out and a 9-3 and three season comes from this horrible start, so to speak, one, it speaks loudly for Charlie, and I think that solidifies his win. I think there's a good chance we drop one of the last few games here, especially with West Virginia and Baylor still to play. But an 8-4 and four season may seal the deal for Charlie. So I want to ask you, Larkin, what is your take on the remaining season, and what do you think Charlie and the Texas Longhorns have to do to solidify Chuck's return next season? Uh, so I'm of the opinion that Texas has the talent to win out. They have the athletes to do it, and they're playing some teams that don't have the playmakers that they have. So there's reason, there's it's not impossible, but I'm not going to give Charlie Strong the benefit of the doubt after seeing the first three years of his tenure here, the way it's gone. I think that it's going to vary week to week. I need to see what they do on a tough game on the road next week, but I'm of the opinion that Charlie Strong needs eight games to save the season. If he wins eight, he's fine. I'm of that opinion. I think that Texas doesn't have the athletic director right now in place to make a really fiery, uh, gutsy hire at the end of the season. The guy, We don't have the people in place to hire Tom Herman immediately after the season. Uh, I know there have been reports about that going out in the Longhorn media, and I think there's a degree of truth to that. I think that if Strong does fall to Kansas State, if he does lose to Texas Tech, if he does lose embarrassingly to Baylor at home, you'll see – Plays start to being made to hire an athletic director first and then a Charlie Strong. I think that – or then fire Charlie Strong, excuse me. Because I'm of the opinion that Texas really wants to have a guy in place as an athletic director. Mike Parent's a great guy and a great leader. He's ameliorated a lot of relationships between the alumni. But uh, if any moves are going to be made, it's going to be with the athletic director in, in place first. But – I know I got a little off topic here. Back to where I think the Horns finish. I think seven and five is where this team ends up, and I can really, really envision six and six. Uh, six and six is gone, and I'm of the opinion that seven and five doesn't even do it. I think eight and four, a positive bowl game experience, whether it's lost by within a touchdown or so, that's when it's. I mean, that's what it's going to take for. Yeah, me. it's it's definitely going to be hard and. Uh, I actually will have the opportunity to, to go to Charlie Strong's presser tomorrow. I saw a lot of his clips from last week. There's no doubt he was a little defeated last week, so it'll be interesting to see his demeanor this week and how this team looks forward. Like Larkin mentioned earlier, they will travel to Manhattan to play K-State next. this coming up Saturday at 11 a.m. You can catch that on national television. And that's a wrap. So thank you so much for tuning in to Off the Bench. We'll see you next week.